Welcome to ATBS The Podcast, where we drop weekly episodes which encourage curiosity and open-mindedness. Is it possible to raise the collective vibration? It seems so. Is it possible to do so through conversation, human interaction? Feels like it. Can a podcast influence our energy in a positive way? I sure hope so. My guest today is a true adventurer, a legendary rafting guide, hence his nickname Whitey, a steelhead fly fisherman of the highest order, a lover of life, a dear friend, and one of my beloved teachers. Dave Evans joins me for another high vibe conversation and a trip down the river of life. Let's load up and push off. Whitey, welcome to ATBS, the podcast. Thanks for joining me in the pod ship today. I appreciate it. Great to chat with you this morning, Jeff. Where to begin with this one? I know we're going to have a rollicking conversation by way of a little bit of introduction. Whitey, my friend Dave Evans, who we're on the phone with, got his nickname through whitewater rafting, hence Whitey. And we're living in a world where, you know, that nickname could be misinterpreted. So I implore you, my listeners, to please do not misinterpret. If I didn't say that, I'd be stumbling and fumbling through the conversation, whether I call you Dave or Whitey or whatever. So anyway, that's for the listeners. Here we are. It's early January 2021. Why don't we start with how'd you spend your New Year's? Well, as we all know, this is challenging times. And as we try to figure out what we do, something traditionally we've done for most of us probably wasn't available to us, which is exactly what happened up here. So I live up in northern British Columbia, and a friend of ours has a cabin on a place called Babine Lake. He offered that to us, and my wife, Melissa, and I decided we would go up there and spend it up there turned out to be a great opportunity to bring in the New Year's. And we just hung out at this little cabin overlooking the lake that was frozen and the snow was coming down and the moon was out and it was pretty spectacular. We had our own little dance party with some <laughs> collection that he had up there. And yeah, it was pretty good. That's awesome. I know we will get to this and, and it'll be probably very regularly woven into our conversation. Some people are rolling along through their lives almost like it's a super highway. You know, when you're on a super highway, it's meant for through traffic, right? Like they're meant for long distance through travel. And how do I get off the super highway? And I'm going to use that analogy a little bit because once you do get off a big highway and you pull over and you could easily wander off onto some two lane road. And then probably not go that far and end up on some dirt or gravel road. And if you went a little bit further, you might park and you might find a trail. And then you might be off in the woods. Then the trail might get smaller. But it's not something that seems very easy or accessible when you're rolling along at, you know, 65, 75, 80 miles per hour on a superhighway. I use that analogy because then I think we can come over to another way of living, which when I think of you and I think of your life and being in Northern BC, 
I don't think super highway. You know, I think more pathway. I think more blazing a trail, finding your way, a little different pace than lots of people are familiar with. And I think that's why I wanted to start with New Year's and a little cabin on Babine Lake listening to a record player and having your own dance party, which I suspect there are a few people that are going to hear this that go, okay, where's Babine Lake? I can't imagine what that might have looked like or felt like. That idea of kind of super highway, how the heck do I get off and and start blazing a trail for maybe lots of listeners, that's going to resonate. And then for some of us, certainly, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm on a super highway, but other times I feel like I'm bushwhacking through the wilderness and I'm not sure where I am. I'd like to think there's some happy medium in there. What do you think? Well, one can choose whatever highway or how I like to put it because I seem to relate things quite often to rivers, another channel. Yeah, maybe that's a better analogy considering who I'm talking to. That makes better better sense. Like life is a, you know, yeah, let's use that. I like it better. <laughs> I mean, so take any channel you want and then go down and explore it, but definitely get off the main channel. <laughs> when you do that and you're on a river, which you've been on lots, you know, many of the rivers you've been on, you've been on a bunch. But if you're on a new river and you go down some channel, you better be prepared for that channel to close out or to have a snag in it or something, right? Like they're going to be, it's going to be interesting. It doesn't mean it's all going to be clear sailing, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess what we're talking is relating it to life in general, right? And yeah, nobody says it's going to be, well, hopefully it's not clear sailing the whole way because life is <laughs> boring, right? So one should expect it along the way that we're going to run into rapids and hurdles and swims and all sorts of challenges, but we're also going to find magic on a regular basis. But sometimes all that other stuff can block our awareness that the perfection that, that's going on regularly, and we miss those opportunities. I'm a firm believer in that we need to make sure that we take as many opportunities as we possibly can in this journey that we're on right now. You know, you said to me one time, it's very easy to be absorbed in the big picture especially when you're in the Grand Canyon, looking at the broad vastness of it. And you can take a little hike or you can take a walk and you can also stop and be so absorbed in a, like a three foot section of ground. Like You can go from the macro to the micro and be amazed at the vastness and the depth and the size and the scope of the Grand Canyon. You can bring it right down to like this incredibly granular look and life and the magic of what's happening practically underfoot, which is amazing. I love that. Yeah, because I think most people, if you say Grand Canyon, everybody has this view that some have seen, but most people have at least seen pictures of it, of this giant chasm in the earth, one of the deepest canyons in the world. And to some People, they probably think that's what it looks like. But once you get down in there or get out of your car, turn the air conditioning off and get outside and walk around and get off the pavement, then we can start to see that, oh, it is not just this one view. This It is a, it's a very, very, very diverse ecosystem. And every step that you take is gives you something different. Hey, you guys, it's Sharpie. I'm the guest from episode number 20. 
I like to travel to the edge of the known universe and peer over the edge to see what's out there. It's sort of like digging below the surface, tapping into the electromagnetic network of fungi and tree roots to try and figure out what they're talking about. Spread the word to anyone who you think may be interested in expanding their horizon and growing their universe. Thanks, guys. Tune in soon. You know, I've had some really cool conversations with uh, one, two episodes on the podcast with a guy named Garrett Kopp, who is a got a company called Birch Boys in the Adirondack Park in upstate New York. And they are sustainably harvesting wild mushrooms, which takes me to, you know, the mycelium and all that is happening underfoot and underground. We don't need to be in the Grand Canyon to marvel at what is going on in the natural world. I'm trying to bring that back to, like you said, you know, you get out of the car, you turn off the air conditioning, take a little walk and marvel at the incredibly what's going on around us in nature. And the reality is you don't have to put forth that much effort to step off the path. Take one of the smaller channels using the river analogy and step into the woods or step off and slow down and, and have a look and have a feel and tune into what's going on around us. And man, it can be so gratifying and so rewarding in so many ways. Yeah, the natural world is pretty incredible. I mean, I grew up in a city. To me, cities are ugly. Especially when you compare it to the diversity of this planet that we live on. I've been a commercial rafting guide for, I don't know, 40 years. <laughs> Hard to say that. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, <laughs> I lead expedition trips, 12-day trips up in the Arctic these days. I've been lucky to observe people's transformation that happens via just being out in their natural world. I don't really do anything. I just, I'm the vehicle that allows them to go down there. But I get to witness that. And I get to see that on a regular basis, how powerful and wonderful it is. If nobody's done a multi-day river trip, they definitely should. Even if you can't, we can get that space, that place, no matter where we live, whether it's a park, whether it's your backwoods, wherever it is, we can get that. Yes, it's better the longer we're out there. Yes, it's better if you get out of the city and move to the country. Not everybody. That would be too crowded. <laughs> but as human beings, we feel better when we're outside, in nature, unplugged, standing on dirt instead of concrete. It's so interesting, you know, unplugged, but completely connected, right? Like when we connect to the natural world. Like you said, you know, step off the concrete, step into the dirt, leave our devices or what have you that make so many of us think that we're in quotation marks connected and, you know, take some deep breaths and feel it and smell it and sense it, that vibration and, oh, the trees and the, you know, really, really take it in. And I think the world we're living in today Geez, <laughs> I, I didn't really intend to go here, but you know what we saw yesterday in the United States of America, which was January sixth. You know, I, I hate to say need, but it probably makes some sense to to connect to the natural world, and and then in turn, you know, we find ourselves, and then we're able to connect with other humans on a deeper level, a more 
genuine level. At least I'm hopeful. Well, the power of nature is that it makes you realize how insignificant we are. Right. Get out of our heads and into our hearts. And yeah, it just puts you in a much different headspace, right? It's a much slower kinesthetic feeling that allows you to quiet oneself and to appreciate the wonders of the world. Get out of our heads. Which is easier said than done for we humans, because we've got these brains that have evolved over time that are built to think, right? And built to do whatever, you know, intellectual calisthenics. When we can slow and tune in, so many good things happen. Physiologically, psychologically, spiritually, I think intellectually as well. So many good things happen when we get the default mode network offline and get the busy, you know, the monkey mind slowed down and connect to the natural world, which I'm fascinated, as most people know, with what we can see, but also what we can't see. And you and I have had this conversation, at least we've touched on it many times, like what's going on out there in the in the universe? What are the things that are influencing us? What are we influencing when you start to wander down that path and start thinking about the quantum field? And we're influencing things every step of the way, positively and negatively. But some ways you have to be a rebel, you know, in some ways you have to jump off the highway because most people are telling you, the system's telling you, pushing you towards a particular model of how the world should run. You need to fight that, right? We need to say, is that really where we want to go? And unfortunately, lots of times they don't really give you the handbook on if you don't want that, how do you do that, right? I mean, one of the simplest ways is, like you say, is to just to get outside and decide really what you want, not what everybody tells you you should do, but what everybody tells you or the system tells you you should do. Ask yourself, is that really what you want to do? If it is, then jump on it. But if it's really not, then go down that other channel. Here we are again. It's early January. The holidays are just a little bit behind us. And both of our daughters have been around for a couple of weeks back from college, 19, 20 years old. When I sit and talk to the girls as dad and as someone who's been around for a few more decades, that's always an interesting piece of the puzzle, right? Is what do we share with younger people? We would do well to share with each other certainly younger people in the world, like, look, there's no telling. And if you use the river analogy, which I really like, you know, you can only see so far down the river and before it turns and bends. And if you haven't been on the river before, which we haven't, you know, been further into our lives than we are today, you don't know where it's headed. And you could really no sooner back up and go upriver with a set of oars than fly to the moon. Where we are right now is really what matters. That just takes us back into being present, being mindful, appreciating this moment because this is what we're given at the moment, not tomorrow, not yesterday. Wherever we are on the river of life, freaking drink it in. I always say you can stand on the banks of the river and watch it go by, or you can jump in and immerse yourself in life. For me, that's a much, much better approach. 
<laughs> I think of, sorry to interrupt, but I think of you and fly fishing with you for steelhead on the Bulkley River in the fall. And sometimes it's not standing on the banks of the river. Sometimes you're standing in the river fishing. And next thing I know, you're swimming down the river. And most people don't think that's a great idea when it's 45 degrees out and the water's 40 some odd degrees, but it's never seemed, it's never seemed to, to bother you that much. <laughs> Jump right in. <laughs> Right. And you've always been that way. I've, you know, since the first day I met you, you don't know how to fish for steelhead, but we'll work that out. Let's jump right in here. And I've always admired that about you, right? Like everybody's trying to stay warm and stay dry and stay out of the river. And next thing you know, Whitey's holding on to his hat, you know, and his fly rod with a fish on going down the river, you know, without a great deal of concern for being cold or wet or anything else. So that's how you are in life, right? Like you jump right in. And I love that. All of us got one shot at this go round. Individuals need to make the choice on how they want that to look, how they want that to be. It shouldn't just be a passive ride, right? If people only realize how we have the ability to choose that path, that channel, they would be completely amazed. So go down it. If you don't like it, get off it. Go down another. Life's going to take you to the end. So you have to trust that no matter what, it's all going to be all right in the end. It is just life. Get after it and quit wasting your time doing stuff you don't want to be doing. I'll say. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, in the world, this has never really changed. You know, the world continues to change. Things around us continue to change. And I think many examples with people that I talk to of you know, look, I, I'm ready for a change. Or in some cases, m people are making dramatic changes, deciding to go down another channel. We collectively will benefit greatly from people making choices like that and not just sticking to the main channel. The main channel gets cluttered, right? If it's the main channel of the river and everybody's on it, it gets cluttered, it gets dirty, it gets overused. And if you can get off and go off on a little different path, it's a bit more of a mystery. should be mysterious. It should be unknown. It should be exciting. And it all can be. There's a lot of people out there, me included, early on, that the direction that everyone in the world was telling me to do wasn't going to work for me. What were they telling you to do? Well, what they wanted me to do first was sit still in school. <laughs> that didn't really work for me. But, they, you know, they want basically get a job, you know, stay with the job, get the white picket fence, get a wife, a dog, and have a bunch of kids and live a boring existence. <laughs> That's how I looked at it. For me, I didn't like that idea. I questioned everything. I was a stubborn guy and didn't believe most things that people said. So I wanted to do something different. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I still don't know what I want to do. But what I did figure out was what I didn't want to do. What I didn't want to do was sit in a box in school and have a teacher speak at me. I wanted to learn different ways. And so I didn't know what I wanted to do, like I said. So I decided I was a good athlete back then in school. And I had been to Banff and woke up one morning staring at the mountains. And I said, yeah, I want to go to Banff to be a ski bum. If we look at making decisions, choosing a path, I chose that one because the path I was on was not really working for me. 
and that launched me off down another channel that helped me project to me where I am right today. Were you a teenager at that point or were you in your 20s? Yeah, I was like 19. So headed west, ski bum, mountains. Like I said, I was a good athlete in high school. So I, you know, I immediately fell in love with all the mountain activities. So I was dabbing and everything. And I was always a water baby. I was not a great competitive swimmer, but I was a competitive swimmer. I was naturally drawn to the water. Somebody told me about a canoe trip in British Columbia that they were going on and the person just dropped out. And so at the last moment, I said, sure, I'll go. Well, that canoe trip was 60 days, over 700 miles. (laughs) That kind of launched me into the water world. Then I got into kayaking and then somebody offered me a rafting job. And then that launched me off to probably the most amazing journey that I've ever been on. And if anybody ever wonders what I am and who I am, the world of rafting probably shaped me more than anything that I could ever imagine. Let's talk about the Yukon for a second. When did you first go into the Yukon Territory and get on some of those rivers? Is that what you were just referring to? Yeah. Eventually, that's where it did lead to. Through Banff, then I started working on the Kicking Horse River out of Golden. Then right away, I jumped in, and I just didn't want to be a guide, and I wanted to be good. And if I'm a believer, if you're going to do anything, do it well. Do it the best you can. Don't do it halfway. How boring is that? And through that process, I met someone who was running expedition rafting trips in the Yukon. That was probably early 80s. The idea of being on a 12-day river trip, I was hooked immediately. Yukon is one of the most magical places in the world. It's a northern province in Canada or territory, I guess. These rivers that we go on, are, you know, the majority of them are 12 days long, is Canada's finest wilderness. Not only is it incredibly inspiring for me, but over time... You get to introduce these people to this magical world out there with a pace for 12 days long. And the pace being you're not in a car, you're in a raft, and we go slowly. That seems to resonate deeply with people. People get inspired and people change their lives. People change directions in their life. They quit their job after this sometimes. Not everyone, but most people are rocked to the core of their being. I get to witness that. That's why I love the long trips. It takes a few days for people to settle into the pace, to get unplugged, to shut their brain off, and just to be. And for some of them, it's the first time they've allowed themselves to be for 50 years for them. And then just to allow to have that, I call it the middle zone. When you get close to the end, then their brain starts ticking of how many emails and what am I going to do when I get back? But you have this magical middle zone where they can just be. And that's the first time they've been able to do that for maybe ever in their life. What a privilege, not only, you know, leading, guiding, helping to make that experience possible, but then to be witness. That's probably what keeps me going. Yeah, there's a bunch of other challenges and all there. But if I look back at my career of doing this, yeah, those are the the magical moments where I, I'm just lucky enough to, mm-hmm. like you say, witness it, right? Right. Hopefully, and a lot of them do, go back and get off the main highway, try to live a different life, a more meaningful life, chasing other things. 
rather than money, 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 money. <laughs> On that front, if somebody hears this and is like, wow, like what rivers, where do I find that? Are you comfortable sharing like where they should go to find that information and where do they go? Who do they contact? Well, you should go down any river you can for one. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. But I work for a company called Canadian River Expeditions and they've been around since the 70s and super, super professional, well, well experienced guides and they've been doing the game for a long time. And they have a number of different rivers that they do up there. And they are some of the best in the world. The Tatshishini, the Elsac, the Firth River. You know, those are three of a few that are in the top caliber rivers in the world that will blow your mind. I've been fortunate enough to, I've seen a slideshow and I've seen lots of your pictures. It is mind blowing. And I, I feel like I've gotten to see some pretty cool places in the world. It's certainly a place and, and it's an experience that I would like to have. I can, I can share that with you. I have shared that with you. And, and I think you, you've said somewhere along the way, well, you better get on it, Jeff, because I don't know, I don't know how long I'm going to be going up there doing it, but I'm well past the expiry date. <laughs> yeah, you're in the bonus. I feel like I'm in the bonus myself, Whitey. <laughs> We're in the bonus time. Go get on any river you can and experience it and then and then take it from there. So, you know, I'm grateful that you introduced me to the experience of being on a river long before that, you know, fishing in British Columbia. Then let's kind of continue forward. So there was an inflection point in your life. And so that's led to, you know, like you said, 40 years of of being a commercial river rafting guide. The other inflection point where, you know, I don't know that I would have met you had it not been for fly fishing for steelhead in British Columbia. And somehow those two things dovetailed in your world, the river rafting. I know part of the story, but I guess I'd love to hear that part too. Yeah, well, through rafting, I was up in this part of the world in Northern British Columbia, and I was examining river rafting guides. And fella that was being examined was telling me about what he did. And that was a steelhead guide. And he had an operation. He was looking for guides. I'm always curious and open for any new adventures. So I started talking to him about that. He told me, fly fishing. I said, oh, that's looked interesting. Steelhead, no, have no idea what that is. Floating rivers, sounds great. Rowing dories was right in between my seasons, was in the fall time. And I said to him, I've never fished a day in my life. It looks like the most boring thing in the world, but I'm interested. <laughs> and he hired me. Then that launched me off on a, another 35-year journey down into the world of steelheading. Once again, Obviously, I wanted to be a guide, and then eventually, over the years, I've now I am owner of a steelhead lodge in British Columbia that I've been running successfully for over twenty years. So, what's amazing to me, or maybe it's not amazing, but you know, like the rafting thing, forty years, and then through that introduction to steelhead fishing and the part of British Columbia you live in, and you know, thirty-five years and. We talked about this in our precast conversations going back a week or 10 days that, you know, there are these inflection points in life where any of us can say, yeah, I'd like to check that out. I don't know anything about it, but I'm curious. And so I think ATBS, the podcast is a weekly podcast for the curious and open-minded among us. 
if we can turn people on, flip a switch, open a door to, you know, an idea, a thought, a possibility, then, you know, dynamite. I've had it in my mind, and I guess it's just been percolating a little bit here lately, that part of the idea with this podcast is to build community. And what does that mean? You know, what does it mean to build community? Am I building a community physically? You know, not at the moment. And am I interested in connecting people with ideas and like-minded people? Maybe it's experiences, you know, maybe it's experiential where somebody decides, hey, you know, I want to check out the river. I want to go on a 12-day expedition in the Yukon Territory. I'm fascinated with, you know, we don't all need to live in the same community, but boy, I like the idea of people who are curious and willing to take a chance, follow their gut, follow their instinct, get off the, the main channel or the superhighway. And can we have conversations like this, share information and turn people on to different things, right? Like it's not an infomercial for 12-day rafting trips in the Yukon Territory. That's just something that exists in the world. And then to come to what you just mentioned a moment ago, you know, then you've been running a successful steelhead fly fishing lodge on the Bulkley River for almost 20 years. And that place is called the Bulkley River Lodge, folks. And it's on the Bulkley River in northern BC, you know, about the same latitude as the bottom of the Alaska Panhandle. And the way to go check that out is at steelheadbc.com. If for no other reason, go look at the imagery, go look at the lodge, go look at the river, go look at the fish, go look at the people. That in and of itself is a wonderful journey. So I suggest and recommend that because it is a special place in the world with a whole bunch of really special people that I consider to be really wonderful friends. We'd love to see you, but more importantly, I'd like to try to inspire people just to have the courage to just go do something, try something new. What are you afraid of, right? Just go do it. We're all going to die in the end anyways. So like, what's stopping you from exploring life to its fullest? What's the worst thing that can happen, right? Like, like as you just said, we're all going to die in the end. No guarantees. Well, the worst thing that can happen is you get to the end and go on with a bunch of regrets. Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. I should have done that. You know, we should live our lives no regrets. Get after it. (laughs) (laughs) Sage whitey words. I love it. You know, that's the mic drop. For those of you listening, you're familiar with ATBS, the podcast, and the fact that it takes some Uh, effort to put it together and it costs some money to put it together. And of course, if you want to support that, you can do so by becoming a patron and you can do that on the website, atbsthepodcast.com. When you become a patron, then you get access to exclusive content. So what that means is Whitey and I are going to jump over to some things big and small, which is the patron only content. And we're going to talk about, you know, like maybe what would you have told yourself, you know, your your 22-year-old self with all the wisdom of being, you know, the age that you are and many decades of experience, what would you have told your younger version of yourself? And so let's jump over to some things big and small and continue our chat. My good friend, Whitey, so much fun to talk to you and so much fun to hear your thoughts and ideas. Any closing thoughts? I would hate to cut you short, my friend. <laughs> I guess just that we get one shot at this so many opportunities to live this 
don't complicate it. Just get after it. Appreciate every day. Have no regrets. Tell the people in your world that you love them because tomorrow may not happen. You know, obviously we can't live our lives recklessly, but we certainly don't want to save it for retirement. Yeah, right. And boy, do you hear it periodically like I'm aiming for that. And, and you know, I mean, we're of the age where two people, I just saw something this morning from a buddy of mine who put something out on Instagram, like first day of retirement. And I had some other really dear friends that were down from Jackson Hole the, yesterday and they just sold their bed and breakfast after having run it for 28 years. We might not get there, you know, to some destination like this is the gift. My advice, if someone were going to say to me, well, Jeff, what's your advice? This is the gift, folks. Right now, right here, the gift that I'm experiencing is having a great conversation with you. I love you like a brother. And geez, the next gift is that we get to share it with a bunch of people. <laughs> so I hope those of you who are listening are having fun because this is the gift. Just being and vibing and caring about each other and exploring possibilities and doing what makes sense in our lives. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeff, for trying to get the word out to a lot of people that want a different pathway to go down or just want to open their eyes to a different way of the living. Thank you for doing that. And for everybody out there, please, please support Jeff in that quest, trying to get the ATPS podcast off and sharing it with the world. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you for saying so. I'm grateful. I got a big smile on my face and my heart is expansive at the moment. So I love it. And I love you, brother. What a treat. What a gift. Thanks, Jeff. It was a pleasure. I surely appreciate your interest in and support of ATBS, the podcast. Thanks for joining me for this conversation with Dave Evans. Please do me a solid and subscribe, become a patron, share with friends, or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Until next time, be safe, be smart, and please be kind. Peace. Peace.